0: We will not tire.
1: Give me liberty, folks, give me death.
0: We will not falter. And that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. And we will not fail. Ask not what your country can do for you. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
1: Free at last.
0: And now, Common Sense Makes a Comeback. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Peter Heck Radio Show. I'm going to try not to get in trouble as I start off the program today. Welcome to the Peter Haig Radio Show. I'm going to try not to get into trouble with what I'm about to say. But I just love being lectured to by liberals and by Democrats about my moral obligations. I just, It, it causes me to crack up. I love getting emails from a position of moral authority from those whose entire political and social movement is predicated upon the non-existence of moral authority. I, I love it. I love it because they don't even realize the the ignorance that they are espousing. They don't understand the fact that the fact that they hold to a uh, a worldview that's literally flapping in the breeze of moral relativity, and yet they're trying to take this stand. You have a moral obligation to do this. Upon what ground, there, slick? You know, that's what I want to say. Upon what ground do you declare my moral obligation? That's what I want to know. And why is it that the same people who feel, do not feel morally obligated to end murder in the country... Feel that they are in any way, shape, or form inclined to start dictating the moral expectations of others. I just, I always find it funny. And, and this is, this is true on the national scale when you have people like Nancy Pelosi, who did you see what she said about uh, Catholics that they have this conscience thing? Yeah, no, no one's going to, no one's going to mistake any liberal Democrats for having a problem with that conscience thing. Well said, Nancy. They had this conscience thing. It's very bizarre. I seared mine long ago. Um but <laughs> it's Nancy Pelosi. But she goes out there and, and it has no problem advocating the slaughter of innocent children in the womb. It gets really worked up. If anybody suggests that morality should dictate that we preserve the unalienable right to life for human beings. She gets really worked into a lather if someone starts bringing up uh, the question of morality when it comes to homosexuality. Man, she gets worked up about that stuff. But then she has no problem turning around and telling us we have a a moral obligation to enact uh, nationalized health care. We have a moral obligation to ban salts in restaurants. Uh, We have a moral obligation to increase funding to schools. I mean, it just, it never ends, they don't believe in moral authority until it's convenient for them. It's 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 astounding to me. And so when I get an email saying that I have a moral obligation to uh, renounce what Newt Gingrich said about the Occupy Wall Streeters, I, it just, first of all, on the surface, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh that anyone who comes from a liberal Democrat position is going to even bring up, is going to have the... I don't know if the word is audacity. I don't know if the word is ignorance. I don't know if the word is guts. I don't know if the word is uh, chutzpah to bring up the, uh, the, the question or even the existence of moral authority. The moral obligation to do this, that, or the other. I, that's the question I want to ask. Where do you get off? Where, where do you justify that? Upon what ground? Do you declare that Newt Gingrich's statement is beyond the pale? Is it just is it just your opinion? Or is there some standard out there by which you declare it to be inappropriate? Now, I do want to talk about this Newt Gingrich quote. Because it's, it's uh, generating all the buzz. And I've got the audio of Mika Brzezinski and the whole crew over there at MSNBC. I mean, they just lose control on the morning Joe. In Joe Scarborough's defense, I don't believe he was there this day. And so that means that there's nobody that even fakes being a conservative on the panel. Nobody even tries to give the illusion as though they're conservative that's there. And uh, and so, I mean, they had a field day with what Gingrich said. Let me play for you first the audio of what Newt had to say. Okay, th- this is what got these uh, these liberals all worked into a, into a tizzy. Doug Powers, writing over at Malkin's blog, says... Uh, Newt Gingrich might have said the worst thing a presidential candidate has ever said, that judging from the reaction of MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski. So what was the offending comment? Can I play this for you? I, I want to play this for you just so you can hear what the offending comment was, what sent the left into a into a tailspin about this. Here's what Newt said the other day at a, uh, at a Q&A about the Occupy Wall Street movement. Take a listen.
1: All the Occupy movement starts with the premise that we all owe them everything. They take over a public park they didn't
0: pay for, to go nearby to use bathrooms they didn't pay for, to beg for food from places that they don't want to pay for, to obstruct those who are going to work to pay the taxes to sustain the bathrooms and to sustain the park so they can self-righteously explain that they are the paragons of virtue to which we owe everything. That is. Can we stop here just for a second? Uh, first of all, you're hearing the background music because this is the audio clip from Morning Joe. They're coming back from a break and uh, or starting off the program, I'm not sure which, and they're and they're playing the music with the clip over the top of it. That's why you're hearing the music. There wasn't really a live band there where Newt was talking talking but uh, to this point everything that he said is it not accurate that they're occupying these territories that they didn't pay for they're using bathrooms that they didn't pay for they're demanding that these restaurants give them free food that they're not going to pay for and and they're blocking the entrances to the buildings where working people are trying to go so that they can earn money Uh, part of that money too large a part of it goes to the government to be able to fund these parks and restrooms that these occupiers are abusing and using is that is that not true first of all Okay just to this point is that not true It is Now that wasn't I'm sure that didn't please the MSNBC liberals because they're all on board with this uh, with this left wing rabble-rousers with these left-wing rabble-rousers. Uh, but it was it was what Newt finished up with here that just, well, just sent them off. Off the edge. A pretty good symptom of how much the left has collapsed as a moral system in this country and why you need to reassert something as simple as saying to them, go get a job right after you take a bath. Wow. Okay, so that is, that, that's the quote of Newt Gingrich. Now, obviously, is Newt using a generalization? Of course he is. Of course he is. Is he playing to a crowd? Of course he is. And so what you're going to hear is this self-righteous, this righteous indignation from all of these liberals, Mika Brzezinski especially. I mean, first of all, she hates Newt Gingrich because Newt Gingrich insulted her dad at one point. And so to a certain extent, all right, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She's going to have some venom directed towards Gingrich, no matter who he is or what he says. Now, these others, I don't know if they've got any personal animus towards Gingrich, My guess is they feel a little bit intellectually inferior to him in the quiet moments. Now, they'll never admit that publicly. But Newt is a smart guy, and uh, he always has an answer. And he's really embarrassed the media in this go-around. So I'm sure they don't like him for that reason. I'm not debating that Newt was exaggerating, because clearly there are people that have gone to these Occupy events who do bathe regularly. There are people at these Occupy events who, uh, who do have a job. I'm not exactly sure how they can get away from their job that often to go and occupy places. But nonetheless, there are some that do. There are. Doesn't change the reality that, that the entire face of this movement, and if liberals want to deny this and they're simply denying reality, the face of this movement is squalor. This is the very definition of slobbery. Everybody knows that. Everybody sees it. Look, when you're pooping on police cars and people's front doorsteps. What what other kind of of and, and the stench of BO as you walk through that area is just overpowering and overwhelming. And they're obviously not bathing because they've been out there for days and days and days, sometimes weeks and weeks and weeks. It's the second coming of Woodstock. What do you expect? I mean, that's that's what this is. So I think this is more about hating Gingrich than it really is indignation about the quote. I think this is more about attacking Gingrich. So if you want me to live up to my moral obligation to condemn what Newt Gingrich said, I will acknowledge it's a generalization. I will acknowledge that he's wrong if he believes that every single person there has not bathed and doesn't have a job. But I'll also tell you that I don't think Newt really thinks that way. I think he's generalizing about the Occupy Wall Street movement and giving them the label that they have rightfully earned. I think he's making a larger point about what a revolting spectacle they have made of themselves in their anti-capitalist, anti-American riots. I got more to say on this today, too, because I think we need to have three cheers for the police. You know, a thankless job sometimes, and right now it is. Places like the Morning Joe program, I'll come back to these clowns. They went after the Oakland police as being way beyond the pale. They were just too much going after these occupiers. No, it's high time the police go after these people. Again, more of that comes up later. Talk to me about moral authority. I'll talk to you about moral authority. Clean up these streets of the vermin. I'm talking about the murders and the rapes and the molestations. I'm talking about the drug abuse and the public intox. All of these things that are going on and now characterize this movement. Newt took it easy on him. But, of course, it didn't stop the MSNBC liberal stable from going nuts. I just want to let this audio run uh, for a little bit. You'll hear Brzezinski, but then some of the others chime in as well. And, of course, it's a it's an anti-Newt uh, uh, cavalcade. It's an anti-Newt parade here on the show. Go ahead, and
1: roll. Um It's really not surprising coming from me, but that was about the most arrogant and unself-aware, and those are probably the only words I can use, things for any politician in this Republican field to say. Disgusting. Disgusting. Absolutely
0: disgusting. Uh, no sense of d- any meaning in all of this. Absolutely uh, revolting, actually. And especially when uh, what they're protesting against is the incredible abuse of power, the criminality on Wall Street and so forth, that he, yes, taking his millions of dollars, it's shocking.
1: Someone needs a bath, and I don't think it's the people from Occupy Wall Street. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I got nothing else. I am so disgusted by that, that something horrible is going to come. Those are my belts. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was having trouble dressing this morning. i uh, figuring out to, to wear.
0: I sort of yeah, like the idea of bringing night. out discarded pieces of clothing. I, I left them <laughs> on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh.
1: It's uh, wow. Monday. and Special. I, I am I alone here? Am I overreacting? No. Sure. I'm sickened by that. The
0: Republican Party needs to engage on the immorality of the income inequality in this country. And they'd be right, let's stop for just a second. Uh, yes, you're overreacting. I, I get it, you hate Newt Gingrich. I get that. And people can tell that with your quivering voice. I get that. You you are you are seething in hatred for Newt Gingrich. So I totally understand. Uh, coming from that background, why why Mika Brzezinski is is worked into a lather here. I get that. Um, but I want to know, do you know how many worse things people like Pelosi said about the, about the tea partiers? I mean, isn't calling somebody a racist when you have no grounds to do so? Isn't that a worse aspersion on their character than telling them they need to take a bath? You know, isn't it? Isn't it worse to call someone a homophobic bigot? Than to tell somebody that they need to clean up? Where where was all of this indignation? Where was all this self-righteousness? Where was all of this uh, demand for fairness? Shocking display of politicians calling out average American citizens. Where was it when the liberals were taking their jabs at the Tea Partiers? Of course pointing out media hypocrisy, pointing out the hypocrisy of these loons over on MSNBC. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. I get that. I just want to make sure that we remember it. I just want to make sure that as these people pompously condemn Newt Gingrich for, you know, a a pretty funny observation, that these people at the Occupy Wall Street events don't seem to be overly concerned with personal hygiene as they are criticizing everything about America. I think that um, I think that it's good to keep in mind that this is selective indignation, that this is selective defense of the poor American people being attacked by these charlatan politicians because they had no problem when the charlatan was Nancy Pelosi and her band of merry men criticizing the Tea Party with all sorts of names that are far worse than saying that they need to bathe. But anyway, besides that, Mika wasn't quite done politically smart to try to capture some of the sentiment there that uh, rails against a lot of what they should be against, too.
1: So, it's fair to say he's in the 1%, correct?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He yeah. may so put him there. He's, so so he's, all he's, right, but he's, he's telling the, the 99% percent his, his, to t- take a bath his, and
1: get a job? Really? Just really? T- t- really? T- I, okay, right?
0: Hold on. Hold on. Uh, no, he's not telling the 99% to go take a bath. He's telling the tiny percentage of Americans that's actually out there in the streets making fools of themselves. It's not the 99%. As we talked about yesterday, the Occupy Kokomo event. What are we, a city of 50,000? And that's what? We got five people out there in the park? Okay, it's not the 99%. They're not the 99%. They're the .001% or whatever it is. Newt Gingrich is telling a specific group of people to go bathe. Specifically the group of people who aren't bathing, Mika. I know you want to try to make this a great political point. I know you want to make this your your last stand here. You're making a fool of yourself is what you're doing. And those that demanded that I live up to my moral obligation to call out Newt Gingrich's comments in the same way that Mika Brzezinski, to, to distance myself and to say this has no place. If people don't bathe, I have no problem with somebody telling them to bathe. Okay, I just don't. And to try to portray this as this man in the 1% telling the 99% to go bathe. No, I would be included in that percentage, and he's not telling me to go bathe. Because I've got a job, and I'm not wasting away my existence out in the street, pooping on police cars, Mika. Get a clue. Not to interrupt a good rant, of course. Let's let her go.
1: How they do that right now. How, given the state of this country, how anyone's supposed to try and just get a job and take a bath. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 did you catch
0: that? Did you get what she just said as she's trying to defend these occupiers? I wonder how they do that right now. How, given the state of this country, how is anyone going to just get a job and take a bath? First of all, you can find a body of water and take a bath. That's not too difficult. But here she's saying, how in this country can somebody just go out and get a job? It's a great point, Mika. Thank you. Which is exactly why Newt Gingrich is running for president, because this president, the one that you undoubtedly support, he's really kind of botched the whole thing up. We're not exactly basking in the hope and change here. We're basking in 9% unemployment. The reason these people can't get a job is because of the failed policies of the president that you adore and that you sycophantically uh, supported. You carried the water for and still do. I just love that. How could they be expected to get a job? Look at this country. Just wanted her to finish the thought. We've got Barack Obama for a president. How does he expect people to get a job? Great question, Mika. One that I can't
1: answer. I think he is. It, and why is he surging in the polls? It, I don't get it. it is. And then to hear Newt Gingrich standing on literally his high horse after taking advantage uh, of the actually, system.
0: Actually, sorry, no. Um, he's not literally on his high horse. Mika, I think you meant figuratively. Literally on his high horse, he would have actually had an equestrian uh, there and, uh, you know, a uh, uh, horse. And it would have been perched upon t- on the top of it. Not to be a stickler here on grammar, but, uh,
1: you know. Cashing in on it, being the biggest, <laughs> literally the biggest hypocrite in the Republican okay, you got field, that one right. probably in politics today, the biggest hypocrite. And then to cast aspersions and to speak down to these people as if pff, they should be flicked away, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. It's a v- <laughs>
0: Yes, because casting aspersions is just something that is unspeakable. I haven't seen anybody in the left do that with another group of protesting people these last few years, Mika. I haven't seen it at all. Just outrageous that Newt would cast aspersions upon those that he disagrees with. It's just disgusting. We all have the moral obligation to call it out. The... Doug Powers over it. Malkin has a great uh, potential uh, um, uh, bumper sticker for Newt. Just says Newt 2012, take a bath, get a job. Goes to perform uh, or to speak at rallies. He could just be playing this song. Remember George Thorogood and the Destroyers? Remember this song? This, This could be the theme song. Roll it. Yeah, I think that that would work. Get a haircut, get a real job, <laughs> clean up your act, stop acting like a slob. I think it'd be perfect. I just... Uh... <laughs> you could really have some fun with it, honestly. All right. Uh, thanks to our friends of Attaboy Productions, Incorporated, like those of the Kokomo Herald. You're looking to get my column, get over to uh, the Kokomo Herald's newsstands, pick them up today. You will uh, you will appreciate the content that's in there the Kokomo Herald—they've got a lot of uh, of uh, uh, great features in there besides just the political column. They've got, uh, of course, religious features and um, uh, letters to the editor. They've got all kinds of local news coverage as well. You certainly want to avail yourself of the uh, of the Kokomo Herald. You can pick them up at newsstands, or you can get subscribed and uh, have. <coughs> excuse me. Have them delivered to your doorstep on Thursdays. I'm guessing with the Thanksgiving holiday, they probably won't be delivered on Thanksgiving. Probably soon thereafter. KokomoHerald.com is another way to get that great news. KokomoHerald.com. Uh, you, can, uh, you can check out a lot of the feature stories there, pictures of the week, and so on and so forth. Thank them for being good friends of Attaboy. As are our friends over at... Uh, um, yes, thank you. As our friends over at Norris Insurance for all of your insurance needs. They will come running get yourself a haircut, get a real job, all right? All right, much more to come on the Peter Egg Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a second with more. This the other day um, so what is the call uh, log up to for Joe Donnelly somebody was asking me that I don't remember where I was but the, uh, the question came out What? What? how many times have you called in 460 today friends 460 remember we took the calls off of the air only because I got tired of wasting the air time uh, but uh, the call crusade has continued every day that we're on the air we call and Chris can tell you typically it's during the uh, Typically, it's during the news break between the hours, but um, you know, if something gets busy during that time, sometimes, sometimes it'll be during a commercial break. But if you're following along at peterheck.com, we keep keep that updated. Sometime during the show, you'll see that number tick over uh, one more call. And today was our 460th call to the offices of uh, of Congressman Silent Joe Donnelly. I'm expecting a call back anytime now, uh, undoubtedly. I mean sure for the first four hundred and thirty or so, you don't necessarily expect one, but once you once you're into this uh into the you know four forties four fifties and and certainly the four sixties, that's when you can typically expect a call back from folks um, so we do look forward to that uh I will tell you this is a this is a supreme disappointment. You know, you're a Bible-believing Christian, you've been watching Barack Obama, some of the wicked policies that he's embraced. And that's and that's really, that's the word for it. I use the word wicked intentionally. Not to say that everything Barack Obama does is wicked. I'm not even calling the man wicked. I'm saying some of the things that he has done and the policies he's embraced have been wicked. And so those of us who have, uh, you know, uh, aligned ourselves with the biblical worldview, a lot of us have been praying for, what is it now, almost four years, That, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Obama's um, self-professed Christian faith, you know, that his conscience would speak to him, that that prompting of the Holy Spirit, the prompter, you know, would work in his heart and that he would be, you know, moved to repent and turn from some of these wicked positions that he's taken on issues, Um His public embrace of policies that deny the unalienable right of life for some human beings, deemed uh, to be inconvenient. Wanted to see him uh, repent and turn from that uh, wicked position. His embrace of sexual decadence in the name of tolerance. Many of us have been praying for the day when Obama's professed Christian character would be able to overcome this allegiance to what is a radical secu- secular, uh, socialist agenda. So I see this headline, get very excited, only momentarily, mind you. But I see this headline signifying Obama had just spoken about how his faith was guiding his hand in public policy. And so I'm like, well, became intrigued. Maybe something's, you know, the the switch has been flipped. Maybe he's going to turn. Maybe he's going to repent. Maybe he's going to get things right. I mean, you're talking about faith in public policy. This is clearly not something that the left uh, typically does. So I thought, maybe we got something here. That's why I say it's a real disappointment. Because it appears that according to uh, the president, his Christian faith does play an important role in helping him through some of the issues, which isn't that intriguing to you that that whenever it's a conservative say like Rick Perry or somebody like that and whenever the conservative acknowledges or Sarah Palin acknowledges their reliance on providence their reliance on god to help them through difficult scenarios and to know what to do what do we see? We see MSNBC and all of these liberals, all these liberal commentators and columnists. Oh, so this uh, conservative evidently thinks they got a, a pipeline to God. You know, this one way, uh, it got like a hotline. Just pick up the phone, God's on the other end of it, right? And telling them what to do. It's just unbelievable. They just light them up. You remember, uh, it was during the 2008 campaign. One of the things that all of the major networks ran with And even the major newspapers of record on it, L.A. Times was one, New York Times was another. This idea that Sarah Palin had said that she believed that the mission in Iraq was a quest from God. Brian Williams said that the night of the convention when Palin spoke. And uh, it turned out to be totally fraudulent. What what had Palin said? Palin was actually echoing a statement from uh, former President Lincoln Who had said he doesn't know if we're on God's side or not, or if God's on our side or not. But we should just be about the business of making sure we're on God's side. And Palin was saying that she prayed that this situation in Iraq was ordained by God. That everything was going to be okay. That's what she was saying. And yet the media reports, oh, so Sarah Palin thinks oh, she knows exactly what God wants. She knows that God wants us in Iraq. She wakes up every morning and God comes down and tells her what to say. And they get really snooty. They get really um, condescending about the whole thing. Isn't it entertaining then when one of their own, President Barack Obama, tells us that uh, his faith plays an important role in helping guide him through some of these issues? Where are all those same people flipping out? Where are those same people saying, oh, yeah, so Barack Obama thinks he's got a a one-way pipeline with God. It's just, it's never the same. I wonder why the inconsistency. I just am thoroughly perplexed. I couldn't figure it out. It's not as though the media could possibly have an agenda or a template or a bias. I mean, there's just, there's just no evidence for that. Anyway, so Barack Obama announces that he is allowing his faith to help him through the issues. Just not the issues that I would have thought. Not the issues that perhaps we Bible believers were hoping for. He was talking to Al Sharpton on Al Sharpton's radio show. Uh, Sharpton set it up this way. I talked with President Obama in an exclusive interview for my syndicated radio show just moments ago. And I asked him about today's news. Quote, here's the question. How do you respond to the super committee announcing they can't reach a deal? And where do we go from here? Here is Barack Obama's response. Look, there's no doubt that I'm disappointed that not just Congress generally, but the Republicans in particular, are not willing to put serious revenue on the table as part of a balanced plan. Okay, whenever the President says revenue, of course we translate Obama to English, that means taxes. So let me read this again. There's no doubt that I'm disappointed that not just Congress generally, but the Republicans in particular, are not willing to put serious taxes on the table as part of a balanced plan. See why the president doesn't use the word taxes there? He's disappointed that Congress won't take seriously the idea of jacking up taxes. He goes on. So the position they're taking is short-sighted. But uh, you know, I uh, it 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 must be my uh, religious faith, Reverend, because hope springs eternal, and I continue to believe that at some point common sense will prevail and we'll be able to get to work or we'll be able to work something out. Okay, let's get this straight. When it comes to innocent baby humans being suctioned apart in the womb, Barack Obama's religious faith in God, as the author and creator of all human life, whether it's wanted or unwanted, his faith is oddly silent. When it comes to human beings offending the natural law of God and engaging in behavior that that God calls aberrant and abominable, Barack Obama's religious faith in God as the ultimate moral authority over all human action is silent. But when it comes to raising taxes on the American people to fund more government programs that have proven to be almost total failures in improving the lives of fellow uh, uh, less fortunate citizens, that's when Obama's religious fervor kicks it into high gear. Now, I will I will tell you, I'm not entirely sure where exactly in Scripture Mr. Obama sees it enshrined that we are to create an all-powerful confiscatory agent in a consolidated government that takes disproportionate amounts of people's resources and money from their pockets so that they can go spend them on social welfare programs and handout programs for those other citizens. But apparently he finds that in Scripture. Not entirely sure, no one's asking him to quote it, you know, book, chapter, verse. Nobody's asked this. But apparently that's his religious faith. You know, if only his ability to decipher from God's word policies and plans that aren't really there, if only that ability would apply effectively for the general principles of God's word that are abundantly obvious and yet he manages to miss with deadly consequences for, a fel- for, for, for his fellow man, I think we'd be in a little bit better place. Is it not amazing to you that people talk about how their faith inspires them to certain things? If people who climb mountains. My faith inspired me to be able to overcome these odds. People that uh, you know survive terrible situations in war and find a reason to go on despite being maimed. My faith gave me reason. Joni Erickson Tata and everything that she's struggled with. Her faith inspires her. To do great things. Barack Obama's faith inspires him to raise your taxes. Have you stopped to consider that? Have you stopped to ask yourself exactly what kind of faith is it when your faith inspires you? Hope springs eternal that there will come a day. I mean, this is literally what he said. It must be my religious faith because hope springs eternal that he'll one day be able to raise our taxes. That is what this man has faith in. I mean, not by my words. By his words. Right there in front of you. Pretty incredible. It's it's uh, it's nice to have a president who's willing to acknowledge his faith. It's not so nice when that faith only seems to inform him that he needs to jack up taxes, but not worry necessarily about protecting innocent life. I think that's... Uh, Uh, Faith that... uh, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it comes from and what it's rooted in. Thanks to our friends of Attaboy Productions Incorporated like those at Jay Watson Creations. Check out Jay Watson Creation at 401 Rainbow Drive if this holiday season you are looking for... uh, for some good custom jewelry, stuff that you're not going to find just in the big chain stores, but you can get specially made for a loved one, a uh, a friend or a relative. You can find that at Jay Watson. 401 Rainbow Drive, uh, just off of La Fountain Street. Custom jewelry from mild to wild, Jeff, with over 30 years experience in it. He'll get the job done for you. You'll be pretty impressed. All right, this is the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, and I thought it would be appropriate uh, to give thanks. And I know in years past, I've talked about things that I'm thankful for, and I... You know, obviously uh, uh, still still recognize that, still very thankful for friends and family and uh, all of you, all, uh, so on and so forth. But uh, this year, after I saw this piece by Dan Gaynor and everything that's been going on in the country, I thought we'd give a little love, a little thanks to a group of people that are really taking it on the chin right now. In the midst of the Occupy Wall Street movement, these are the people that are getting tossed under the bus... Who have sometimes a real thankless job. And no, I'm not talking about the street sweepers who have to clean up after them. Now, a little love for the police. Everybody's always ripping on the police, including the national media right now, finding a scapegoat. When when these folks in the street are acting like imbeciles. And the police have to try to do their best to put down the riot that they have started that is literally threatening the uh, you know, the private property, sometimes the lives of fellow citizens. They get hammered for it, get ripped for it. Now, this holiday season, this Thanksgiving, let me express to you why you should be thankful for the police. We'll talk about it when we come back next. I think you'll want to hear it right here on the Peter Hag Radio Show.